0: Good Morning, Words by Winterers. It's a very cold day here in the far north. <laughs> I seem to be starting my episodes that way because that's what winter is in the far north. And by the way, this is Allison McGee, your host. Here's my question for you I don't mean to insult, and this is not an insult to people who grow up in warm, fairly unchanging weather. But do you think that living and growing up in extreme climates, like the ones I've always lived in, naturally just sort of makes you a tough person? I contrast my life when I'm in California, where I spend a fair bit of time, and how you just put on your sandals, you walk outside. When I first lived there, again, part-time, I would go for walks. It would be a beautiful day. I would look inside and see all these people inside their houses, and my instinctive northerner reaction to that was, oh my God, it's a beautiful day. You have to get outside. And then I would think again, Allison, it's always beautiful here. These people are used to this beauty day in, day out. They pretty much never have to deal with Ice, slush, snow, freezing rain. All-wheel drive tires, multiple, multiple layers, coils and spikes and tracks strapped to the bottoms of their boots. I don't know. It's a different life. I. I this is a serious question. I'm going to end that right now. When I was growing up in the far north of upstate New York, about five miles south of where the Adirondack Park officially begins, the Adirondack Park is six million-plus acres of wilderness, mountains, uh, non-mountains. It's an interesting blend of residential, commercial, and wilderness. And anyway, I grew up five miles south of that, in the foothills of the Adirondack Mountains. And I grew up on 150 acres of woods and streams and trees. It was a rural childhood in the extreme. And we went to school in a town of 300 that was five miles south of our house. And in this town lived the Crafts, Mr. and Mrs. Craft and their children, and uh, we went to the same church as the Crafts, and, you know, it's in a town of 300, pretty much everyone knows everyone. (laughs) There are a couple stop signs in the town, there's no stoplight, you know, that kind of place. And uh, one of the abiding memories of my life is that one day, when I was about nine perhaps, My mother and Mr. Kraft were talking in his driveway. I'm not sure what they were talking about. I'm not sure why we were all standing in the driveway talking. But anyway, Mr. Kraft nodded to me at one point and said quietly to my mother, She's got it. She, meaning me, got it, as in, I don't really know. But those three words have seen me through every rough patch of my entire life. Every awful conversation, every time someone has tried to tear me down, and also in those dark and frequent moments when I think, you're a failure, Allison. I remember how still I stood in Mr. Kraft's driveway that day, how something lifted from my shoulders, how the world suddenly seemed bigger and kinder, he saw something in me that I didn't see. Maybe I sensed. Maybe other people sensed. He saw a possibility. I thought of him again when I read this beautiful poem that our episode features today by Jim Moore. Wherever you are now, Mr. Kraft, in whatever far off universe know how you softened the world for a little girl that day and how she never forgot your words here's the poem for you it's called A Young Man, A Stranger, Smiled at Me, by Jim Moore. Maybe I reminded him of his grandfather, or his favorite teacher in grade school, the one who lied to him about his painting of the Goldfish Bowl, who looked hard at it and said, Beautiful. That poem by Jim Moore A young man, a stranger, smiled at me is emblematic of some of the Jim Moore poems I most love so short and yet they contain a whole world I have loved Jim Moore's poems for decades and he has been writing, I believe, for about four decades now If you like that poem I urge you to check out more of his work, you can go to his beautiful website, it's JimmorePoet.com. And I'm just going to read to you a few paragraphs from a piece he has called My Life as a Writer. It can be found on the website. My Life as a Writer. I was 25 in 1968 when I finished grad school at the University of Iowa. The writer's workshop, and began teaching nearby at a small junior college in Moline, Illinois. During that first year of teaching, I was barely older than my students, two of the young men dropped out of school and almost immediately were drafted, sent to Vietnam, and killed. I decided under those circumstances that I couldn't continue to accept the teacher's deferment which was keeping me out of the army. I sent my draft card back to my draft board, with a letter saying I couldn't cooperate with the system anymore. In due course, as punishment, I was drafted, refused induction, and was sent to prison, where I spent 10 months in 1970. This experience changed everything for me as a writer. I had never lived outside of academic institutions. At first, I hid the fact that I was a poet. Eventually, this came out, but instead of finding myself ridiculed, I found myself respected and far too much for it. Inmates of all ages, mostly Black and Hispanic, wanted me to teach a poetry class. So I did. I discovered that a big notebook was kept secretly, passed from inmate to inmate, so the risk was shared, and at some cost. Its discovery would have resulted in the loss of good time, which meant a longer stay in prison, in which inmates kept poems poems of their own, and poems by poets whose work they loved. Mostly black poets, but I remember Neruda was there, Whitman, and Longfellow of all people. For me, the stakes were raised in prison about what poetry could do. How it could actually help sustain people's lives in extreme situations. From that point on, I wanted my poetry to be the kind of work that people might take into life-and-death situations. I was a young man, and this was heady stuff, spiced with more than a little grandiosity. It has resulted in some bad poems along the way. Too much pomposity, self-seriousness, inflated sense of purpose at times, sententiousness, and yet, what a gift it has been to be a poet who had the chance to see at a young age and very much firsthand, what poetry can mean to others. Looking back 40 years later, it is clear to me why I have always had a bias towards clarity and poetry. Something in me shifted in a profound way while I was in prison. There we have it, my dears. We've come to an end of another episode of Words by Winter. Original theme music for our show is by Dylan Parisi. Additional music by Kelly Krebs. Artwork by Mark Ge- Gary. If you enjoyed this episode, send the link to someone else who might. Give us a good rating if you're so inclined. The poem today... A Young Man, a Stranger, Smiled at Me is featured with kind permission of poet Jim Moore. Go to his website, jimmoorepoet.com, or just Google his name. The man is pretty well known and with excellent reason. He's incredible. He's one of my favorite poets. poets. Um, gorgeous, soulful, sometimes cynical, but never really because the man's heart is huge, and it just pulses through every one of his poems. All right. Words by Winter is created and hosted, written, produced, everything by me, Allison McGee, writer of novels, books for children, essays, and even the occasional poem. Tell me what you're going through. I will go in search of a poem to help us through help you through, help us through the way poems have been helping me since I was a little girl. You can send me a voice memo via email to Podcast at gmail.com or drop me a line at the same address, which again is wordsbywinterpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. For more info about me, my books, and the workshops and creative writing that I teach online, go to alisonmcgee.com. Words by Winter. Conversations, reflections, and poems about the passages of life. Because guess what? It's rough out there, my friends. We have to help each other through.